Hello and welcome to the Your Honest Ally podcast. My name is Amy Greenaway and I am here to be your straight shooting bestie who lovingly tells you what you need to hear without beating around the bush, is your biggest hype girl and wants to see you live in the life of your dreams. In this podcast, we will cover all things self-development from manifestation, relationships, sex, fertility, owning your space and so much more. You will be exposed to ideas that will expand your horizons and give you knowledge to make empowered life decisions. Before we get into it, I invite you to open up that beautiful mind of yours, leave all the offense behind and get ready to take full accountability and own your life. Let's grow together because hey, I'm still figuring out life too. Hola, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're having a fab day, whatever day it is, whatever day you're listening to this. I hope it is fab. You less. The topic of today, today I'm going to give you an update on our fertility journey. It's long overdue and I'm going to give you some tips to stay healthy and not blow out over the silly season because we're in it. We're well and truly in it. But first, I already have Christmas tunes blaring. Oh, my. All I want for Christmas is you. Sorry about that, but I'm absolutely frothing. I've been playing them actually since November 1st, to be honest. Kirk said no. I said yes. The tunes are playing. And it is wonderful. It just brings so much cheer, I reckon. Well, in my life it does. So I hope that perked you up a little bit. (laughs) Um, If you haven't done your Christmas shopping already, I've been banging on about this. But, yeah, make sure you jump on the last of the sales today and tomorrow or you'll be paying full price for things you don't need to pay full price for. And if you don't, as I've said before, I have zero sympathy for you. That's on you. I've been I've been telling you to be planned. So life update. I will do, you know what? Before life update, which is my little fertility update, I am going to do my fun fact, life hack and recommendation segment first today. And then I'll go into the life update. Otherwise, we'll get a bit lost in there. So let's go. bringing you a fun fact today and it's actually keeping on theme and talking about babies. So you would often hear people say oh my baby's first word was dad or some other random word that isn't mum and people get like all up in arms or upset about this because they're like I'm with you all the time I'm your mum but that's actually because a baby sees itself and its mother as one in the same. So a baby sees kind of itself as an extension of its mother. They don't understand that they are a separate being from their mother, which is like super, super sweet. So for the first, like at least seven months of their life, they um, believe that they, them and their mom are the same thing. So that's why, you know, mother and child shouldn't be separated in the early days very often 
Um, and yeah, and eventually they will start to figure out, oh, we're actually separate. That's mum. This is me. Um, but yeah, so that is why often the first word is different is because the baby doesn't know that its mum isn't them, which is, I think it's really actually so beautiful because like essentially you, the baby was a part of the mother, right? It started inside, like she grew. So yeah, that's my, that's my fun fact for today. I think it's really sweet. And if your baby says dad first or anything like that, that's because they see themselves as an extension of you. Anyway, so now let's get into uh, the fertility update. So what's been happening with me and everything going on? Well, I had my appointment with the new naturopath I found. Um, She is amazing. I love her. And I am actually so glad already that I found her. Her name is Miranda Miles, if you're interested. And if you want to look her up yourself, she is based out of Melbourne. So I just do Zoom consults and she is Jake Dolishall approved, which gives me a lot of peace. So turns out during my consults with Miranda, we realized that the doctor didn't send me all my bloods, which is so frustrating. So all the ones, like the ones I even got and paid for, as now I have to pay again, not for the bloods yet, not that I know of, but I paid for my consultation with Miranda and you know she did her job and so I have to go and figure out where my bloods are and come back for another consultation which just adds more price but that's it is what it is I probably should have cross-checked that they were all there first um I don't usually have much trust in people but honestly I've just got so much on and I'm so tired that I didn't even think of it but now I'm kicking myself So I was so confused, like, where are my bloods? And I've had a few doctor's appointments since then trying to find out where they are. And essentially the doctor never even got them. So they are lost somewhere. My results are lost somewhere between the blood being taken, it getting to the lab and um, the doctor receiving them and passing them to me. And the doctor doesn't want to reorder them because that goes on Medicare and it goes against his thing. And he's like, well, you know, it's not really great because it's getting charged, which I, I totally understand. So we found some of them, but we still got to find all my thyroid hormone levels and all of that, which isn't fun. But yeah, so Miranda wanted even more bloods, which is fine. My doctor has given me the referrals to go get those and I will go get those. And then I will go back to her with the, um, hopefully all my original ones and the extra ones and get a full, full picture. But I can tell you some things I have already learnt just from my one hour with Miranda, which I found 
super, super interesting. And I think you will find really interesting too. So some things I learned. First thing was that AMH actually has nothing to do with egg numbers. So your AMH levels, remember, this is what's kicked off this whole journey other than me just like to be super in control and overprepared. But it's actually to do with ovarian activity. So it was a test specifically designed for IVF um, or fertility doctors to know what dosage to use when a patient is going through IVF. So what we do know is that we need to stimulate my ovarian activity. Um, yeah, which is like, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool to know. We also discussed the meta-analysis Jake had sent me and she reiterated that the studies clearly showed that even with an AMH of as low as 0.7, it did not indicate that someone couldn't fall pregnant naturally compared to people with normal AMH levels. There is essentially no difference. My AMH was something like three point something, like very low for my age. And she is not worried about that at all. And that is really encouraging for me to hear, right? Um, and then going through my bloods, it was it was so interesting. First off, proud moment, proud moment for me is that I have, and I quote, the best iron panel she has seen in pretty much forever. What a win from someone that used to be full vegetarian and vegan at stage to have iron levels like my iron panel, not just your regular iron. There's all different parts of it to be so good. Like I feel like a queen, but then <laughs> my B12 is... 400 under what she wants it to be. <laughs> so that is super low. I found that interesting actually as because I know my B12 was low back when I was vegetarian um, and that is always related, B12 being lacking and people that eat low meat. So I found that super interesting. I just wonder if it's never come back. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I thought now that I'd been eating great quality meat, that it will have gone up, but apparently not. Also, my zinc, magnesium, and iodine are low. Now, the one that shocked me the most is I am super low in vitamin D, which is wild given I live in the Sunshine State and I am in the sun a lot. So what you may or may not know is you don't actually get vitamin D from the sun itself. Your body creates vitamin D, but the sun is what activates or gets your body to create the vitamin D. What is very interesting is she mentioned that low vitamin D is associated with low AMH levels. Serious? How, like, I would never have known this. And I learned that the parathyroid hormone is needed to activate vitamin D. So this hormone relies on magnesium. And remember, I'm low in magnesium. 
So essentially, to activate vitamin D, we need magnesium, which I'm also currently low in. So what is that? So the whole little um, domino effect has happened, right? And then low AMH, wild. Another thing she said was, I look at this and I wonder what is happening with your thyroid. But alas, my thyroid bloods were the ones I didn't get back. So we have to wait a bit longer to find out about that. But I'm just, yeah, mind blown. But yeah, I'll update you all on that once I get those bloods back. I also have to go, as I said, for a few more bloods at specific times in my cycle. For example, my progesterone needs to be tested on day 18 of my cycle as that is when you get the best indication of it. And like we just usually go and get it done whenever we feel like it. Progesterone is needed for baby making and growing as it's what thickens the lining of the uterus. If that is low, then it can lead to miscarriage. Something that I have had is quite short cycles and they would get to like 21 days. My cycles were only like 21 days, which I had an acupuncture lady tell me, no wonder you are so exhausted but because you're always getting drained, which, yeah, it's it makes, makes total sense. Um, and you need, you want a cycle to be at least 24 days because that means the luteal phase is long enough and that you have enough progesterone to be able to line the wall. So like a, so an egg and um, an embryo can actually stick to the lining of the uterus. I hope I explained that so it makes sense. But yeah, I found that super, super interesting. And another thing that is associated with low AMH is stress. <laughs> Yay. How good. I love stress apparently, but um. Yeah, it was funny because I was explaining my lifestyle and how I don't feel like I'm stressed all the time. But the acupuncturist said I live a very stressful existence compared to others. So like my my normal life would be someone else maxed out, like super stressed. But for me, it's not like stress pulling my hair out all the time. I'm just always on the go. Then towards the end of the consult, it came up that I have been in chronic pain since the age of 13. I cannot, honestly, I cannot remember a time I have not been in pain. I am in pain sitting here now. I'm, I am always, I'm always in pain in one way or another. And Miranda was like, what? You're dropping that on me at the end of the appointment. And apparently this is huge. My, like my body will not be able to conceive a baby if I'm in constant pain. Because why? Well, because pain causes stress and inflammation on the body. When you look at biology, stress is supposed to be when you're fighting for your life or running away from a tiger. So why on earth would your body allow you to produce a baby or create life when you're fighting for yours? Then on top of my regular pain, the past three years I've had intense jaw pain. So that just adds to it. So I have been in 
chronic pain all these years and I did not realize it was affecting my overall health and fertility at all. Look, now that I see it from the outside, it is actually common sense. And if a client or someone else had said anything like this to me, I would have been like, ding, 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 you're in pain. No wonder, like this is happening. But I totally kind of forgot about it because being in pain is now the norm for me. It's my baseline. I have been in constant pain for 18 years. So it's not really at the forefront of my mind when it comes to all of this. Now we have to somehow get me out of pain. She has given me a concoction of things to to take for it. And I really hope it works. I'll tell you what, if I have one day even out of pain, I will feel like I am floating. So what a dream. That would be a dream come true. I am sending the good vibes. I'm really hoping it happens. But yeah, so now I have to take the supplements she sent me and go back to my doctor and get my full blood results and then get any extras that I didn't get the first time fun, fun, but I have a plan. So I'm feeling good. And yeah, that's the fertility update. That's what's going on. I hope you learned some random fun facts in there. And sorry, it was a bit of a long update, but it is what it is. And I know lots of you are interested. So yeah, plus we're learning together about all of this, which I love. I love But now let's get into the actual topic of today. Tips to stay healthy over the silly season. The silly season has well and truly kicked up and I am here for it. December is just around the corner like we're knocking on December's door and we are about to hit the peak of silly season. I love the silly season. I don't know if you can tell. I'm quite a social person. I love going out. I love hanging with friends. I love, well, it's summer in Australia for the silly season. So you go out for afternoon drinks and the days are longer and it's just a vibe. Everyone is vibing. And you know what? When I lived in Canada and it was minus 25 average 30 minus 30 minus 40, I still love the silly season because it's beautiful and everyone's happy and you get to see everyone. As much as I want to keep talking about how much I love it, I am going to get into the tips. But yes, I love being social. I love going out and having fun in the sun. It is such a vibe or even the snow. I love Christmas and New Year's and we are traveling to Vietnam for New Year's Eve and I am pumped up for it. But something I get asked often is how do I stay on track over the holidays? A little background, even though I recently gave it up, I am actually a personal trainer or what I would call myself a coach with a lot of certificates, not just the Cert 3 and 4. I have qualifications in performance programming, performance nutrition coaching, gen pop coaching, as well as pre and post natal coaching. This means I'm coming from a place of it being more of my expertise and not just some blonde chick with a mic telling you what they do. Not that that's not helpful. Now that we have got that out of the way, let's get rolling. 
if you have ever been a client of mine or even followed me on social media, you will know that I do not agree with the idea that you can't go out or eat out to maintain a healthy lifestyle. I personally do not follow that belief and as such, I would never expect my clients to. But you're thinking, it's fine for the rest of the year. Yeah, but during the silly season, I have events almost every second day. And I see you, I hear you. We all know eating out or outside of your normal meals and having a cheeky beverage is something that really ramps up in the silly season. And you know what? I have one foot in both camps. The dude, you only live once. You won't care on your deathbed that you weighed three kilos than you'd like camp. And the you only live once. So you need to look after that incredible body that is taking you through life so it can continue to do so. And you don't age before your time. I believe we need to meet somewhere in the middle. As I have spoken about before, health isn't just eating or exercise. It's your enjoyment of life in a whole. And some of us really enjoy socializing, drinking good wine or quality cocktails and eating all the delicious food there is to offer. I know there are people that love to eat everything at home and that is wonderful, but I cannot relate in the slightest. Also with eating delicious meals, when I go out personally with people and have great food, I'm not just there for the food. I am there for the company. It is an experience to me. It is extremely rare to catch me eating fast food unless it's a Hungry Jack storm. I really do love them. But even then, it's rare that you'll see me having one of those. So how do we maintain our health and fitness goals as the next two to three months roll through? I am going to assume that we are just part of the general population who are not competing in any bodybuilding competitions or any sports that need you at a certain condition within the first part of the new year with these suggestions. I personally don't think it's a good idea to try and diet over the silly season unless you have a specific sport or job that requires it. So this podcast is coming from the perspective of maintaining your health, not dieting down or building muscle. You can go both ways. Firstly, I would like to start with something I remind myself often, and that is eating well is a form of self-respect. Respect yourself enough to say no when you're full or you know the food is not serving you. Your body is not a dumpster. So no, you do not have to finish your meal because someone is starving in Africa. You finishing your meal in your air-conditioned home or restaurant is not going to feed people that are starving. Can we please throw that saying in the trash and burn it? I think people's biggest downfalls in the holidays is not that they indulge on days they have events on, but it's that they continue to indulge on the in-between days. You know, the days in the holidays when you don't know what the date is. I used to tell my clients it's the in-between days that will cause you issues in the long run, not the events. So I'm going to start with that as my first tip. On your in-between days, eat well. 
choose good sources of proteins and whole foods. On those days, nail your food. If you know how to properly lower your intake on those days, do so. But a caveat to that is you should not be starving yourself ever and you need to hit your protein targets. That's why I say if you know how to properly do it. If you restrict too much and don't hit your protein target, it will most likely lead to binging. And that is not promoting health at all. My next tip is to eat slowly and stop eating at the first signs you are full. Most of my tips can be applied to everyday life. And I'm sure you've heard this one before, but it's true. So implement it. This is one of the most common things I see in people. They literally stuff themselves until they can no longer walk. I have been guilty of this on more than one occasion, but it doesn't serve us at all. You need to understand that food will always be there. You don't need to stuff yourself with it like you're never going to eat again. Not the last meal. It's not your last meal. You're not on death row. My next tip is delay, don't deny. No candy or sweets or anything that you would put into that category before 12 or like even 1 p.m., 12 p.m. And it's the same goes for kids. I, well, you do you, but this is what I have a general rule in our house. Yes, I made this rule, even though I'm just the auntie. But I personally implement this into mine and my nieces and nephews' lives, especially around Christmas time. Last year, we were lucky enough to have my sister and her babies over from Canada for Christmas. Well, for the whole, when was it from? From November to like late Jan, which is wonderful. Um, was it Feb? I don't know. I'm getting sidetracked. But my niece, Macy, is a little candy fiend. And she would literally wake up and run to my mum's advent calendar, calendar, my mum's advent calendar that was stocked with sweets. And my mum was a typical grandmother and was a sucker for it. But then Macy Moo would be a moody terror all day and only want candy, which was pleasant for no one. So we made a rule. She could have the candy, yes. I used to say, yes, you can have the candy. You can have the candy cane. But to wait until 12 p.m., meaning she ate a proper breakfast and at least a snack before she got the candy into her body. It was a game changer. And, yep, I can make the rules for my nieces and nephews in our family. We believe it takes a village and we are the village and this is a good rule for everyone. Also, a little tip if you're feeding kids junk food and you're like, how do I stop this sugar just going straight to them and giving them a crazy horrendous high? Give them something with a little bit of fat in it as well with the candy um, or the sugary thing, the lollies, whatever you want to call it, and it will slow down the release of the sugar into their bloodstream. So a little bit of fat, if you're like me, you'd have a slice of delicious butter, but whatever you reckon, and yeah, that will help. On the back of that, do not start your day with sweets or junk food. The first thing to hit your taste buds for the day will set you up for the rest of the day. So choose a nutritious meal to be your first and watch your your watch your cravings will fade away. That's why you see people have literally mincemeat for breakfast because that 
is so high in proteins and fats and it's like the savory meal and you would find if you had that for breakfast you wouldn't be craving breads and sugars and gluten and all of those kind of things my next tip is to drink water 30 minutes before your meal and not during it the reason for this is your stomach releases digestive juices to digest your food when you drink water during your meal or too close to your meal you are diluting the digestive juices being released, which in turn will inhibit your body's ability to digest what you're eating. So if you want to keep a good poop schedule, make sure you're just not like chugging the water and don't drink water or like even soft drink to wash the food down. If you are doing that, you are stuffing yourself too much, too much, but you do you. Honestly, you do you. It's on you, but these are just my little tips. My next one, oh, this is a goodie. If you are going to an event and you know there isn't going to be much quality food available to eat, think little to no protein, grazing platters and like dessert vibes, which you know we love, but it's also very, very common. A top tip is to drink a protein shake on your way there. I would honestly chuck two scoops in and get 40 to 50 grams of protein into me. That way you've had your protein serving, you have food in your belly and your satiety, which is your hunger, your hunger levels will be lower, meaning you won't be as likely to make the dumb decisions you would when you're hungry. Moving on to the next one. This is also a really good one. It's adhere to the first bite rule. The first bite rule is a rule pretty much that states the first bite of something is when it tastes the best and you get that amazing satisfaction from it. And then with each bite after the first, the satisfaction and amazing taste will start to diminish. If you're paying attention when you're eating, which is always a good thing to do, you will notice that there is a point where it doesn't taste as amazing as it did at first. It is at that point that you stop eating it. So this is very much to be applied to sweets or anything that's like really high, like dense in calories or things that are not your whole foods that you're used to eating. Apply the first bite rule to that and it'll help you control what you're eating and your portion sizes. It, it is actually a really, really good tip. And I always find it like I'll be eating something and I'll be like, oh, it's not as good anymore. Okay, I'm done now. I don't need to finish my plate. Remember, we're not saving kids starving in Africa by finishing the chips or the, the trifle. My next tip is to continue to move your body. The holidays don't come and then you just stop and be a slob. Get your steps in. Go for your walk. I personally keep my steps as a non-negotiable. Catch up with friends for an active date. Get coffee. Go for a walk. Try a new hike or coastal walk if you're near the ocean. If you're in a different place, try a new gym or go to a fitness class that you haven't been to. And while you're out, if you're out partying, dance. Don't just sit down. Dance. Get on that dance floor. Get your body moving you will feel better for it and your body will love you for that now moving on if you have parents or grandparents or aunties or anyone that likes to overfeed you tell them the truth 
that their food is incredible, but you are so full you can't stuff any more in. And if they keep pressuring, say something like, I'm so full, I'm starting to feel sick. This is so good, but I cannot continue eating. And let them do their little rant if you want. Or you can pull an Amy on them and say, I love you, but please don't tell me what to do. (laughs) I will eat what I want. (laughs) My next tip is to let the kids lick the cookie, cake, bowl or spoon. Other than the fact that licking the spoon is a core memory for lots of kids, you need to understand that it's the tiny licks, sips and tastes that are adding to your calorie intake without you realizing. It's the tiny bites, it's the licking the spoon, it's the licking the peanut butter off the spoon. It's all of those things that add up and you don't realize they're happening and they do they do add up. I've said add up so many times, but I'm going to say it again, they do add up. Moving on, if you are someone who has been in a build phase or someone like my husband that dropped six kilos without even trying and you want to keep your weight on, know that even though you're building right now, it doesn't mean you can eat like a dick. So I would still apply all of these tips, but you can obviously consume a lot more. But remember, some small meals are filled with calories. So understand what you're doing and don't overdo it. Next up is to fill up on good proteins before you go for the cheese covered cauliflower or dessert. We're lucky in Australia because the holidays is over the summer. So we have lots of fresh food we can eat like seafood and fresh meats and Seafood is such a great source of protein. Fill up on some delicious prawns and oysters and get all the good minerals and macros, micros, all of the good shit into you. But also, you know, beef, lamb, chicken, all of the the good stuff. Fill up on them before you get that delicious cheese-covered cauliflower and the delicious vegetables covered in oil. Now, I want you to learn to say the word no. If you have told yourself you don't want to eat candy today, when someone offers, say no, say no before you can even think about it. Or if you don't want to drink, this is a tough one, I know. But when someone offers you a drink, tell them you'd like a soda water or a Coke Zero or whatever it is that you want alternatively. If people pressure you, just tell them you are choosing the times to drink or party and today is not one of those. And I get that people are pests at times and that's where I personally tell them, I love you, but back off because I don't want to drink right now and I'm not going to. And you know what? If someone says you're a bit of a Debbie Downer because you're not drinking, unless you're actually being a Debbie Downer, that person's a shit human. So I'm just going to get out there and say that. Now we've said no. We're going to pick and choose our days to drink. Look at your events and if you know you're going to drink, choose the ones you want to get a little sendy at and do so. I do this a lot now as I hate the feeling of being hungover and I seem to be getting hangovers worse nowadays than ever before. So an event needs to be pretty special for me to get wild nowadays. But at times I do have a rubber arm. So I understand it's not always foolproof, but if you can prepare yourself, it will just prevent you from being marinated every single night of the holidays and feeling sluggish every single day. 
There's more to life than getting lit, guys. Don't don't get me wrong. I do enjoy it, but yeah, there is there's more things to do. Moving on, going on the back of uh, drinking and getting sendy. Think about your health rather than your weight when just deciding on meals and drinks and anything really over this period. Think, how will this food make me feel rather than, oh, my gosh, this is going to make me gain weight or lose weight or any of these things. How will I feel if I drink that? How will I feel tomorrow? How will I feel? Like, what are the repercussions of of this? And, yeah, just be, like, really intentional with everything that you do and aware and own it. Like, yeah, own it. So whatever happens over this break it's on you, so you need to own it. But yeah, just think about it, own every decision you make and roll with it. Second last, I'm always at the end, guys. I'm just rolling through these like no tomorrow, but you know, it's great. The second last thing is choose your meals intentionally. So look at menus before you go to a restaurant. If you're going out to catch up with friends for some afternoon drinks and you know you're going to get peckish, like I always get peckish, either you can... Bring your own food if that's what you're into, or you can choose from the menu wisely. As much as we love chippies, they are not the best option for a snack. They are literally carbs and fat. There's no protein in them, like very, very minimal. So I would opt for something like calamari or chicken bites. Yeah, sure, they're clearly not as good as your normal healthy snack or meals, but they are better than wedges or chips. So think about every snack you're going to buy. Think I need to have protein in this and that will help you. And lastly, forgive yourself. Be kind to yourself. Understand that it is okay to overindulge from time to time. Enjoy the break. Enjoy the silly season and have a whole lot of fun. Go into this silly season thinking, you know what? I'm going to make this the best Christmas period I can. Even if you're going through a rough time, you can you can choose to make it the best it can be at this time in your life. So I recommend that. They are my tips. I hope you got something out of that. Hope you learned something from my fertility update because I learned a lot in that one consultation. So I'm so excited to bring you all along the road. The road? The ride to learn more. I love learning. Every single day I say to Kirk, guess what I learned today? And he's like, gosh, you learn so much. But I love it. So yeah, I'm excited for that. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you got something out of this. And just a reminder, please share, follow, subscribe, all of the things to the podcast. I love your feedback. I love it when you share it. And it really helps me, my little podcast, it really helps me get out there and help more people and open more people's minds to different ways of doing things. Have a beautiful week, and I look forward to being in your ears next week. Remember, I am always on your side. Big love.